Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Solar Spill. My name is Tavi, um, one of your hosts, and Susanna is out on a little bit of, again, much-deserved PTO. Um, and to make up for Susanna's absence, I am actually really, really excited to welcome a very special guest. Her name is Marlena Hunter. Hi, Marlena. Hi, how are Hello. you to be? I'm very well, thank you. And Marlena comes to us from our Vermont office, though formerly our Hudson Valley office. We were very sad to lose you. She is our customer experience manager. Welcome to the Solar Spill, Marlena. Thanks. I am so excited to be here. I'm a little bit of a fan when it comes <laughs> to the Solar Spill. I've listened to all of your episodes and I've listened to some of them twice. Oh my gosh. So one of the last episodes that you did with the grad students from UVM was mm-hmm. so good. I had to go back and listen to it again. So if anyone who's listening right now hasn't listened to that episode, go do it because well, it's really good. Thank you so much. That's amazing. It also begs the eternal question of like, what is our like fan name? Taylor Swift's got the Swifties uh, or whatever. Like what's a solar spill fan? I just also like became the ultimate geriatric millennial right there by even asking that question. I know. I'm like, uh, are we the solar spillers? Spillers? It sounds a little. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to, I'll say I'll rest on, on gratitude. Thank you so much for that compliment. It's great to know that anyone's listening, let alone to all of the episodes and maybe one of them twice and gratitude. Thankfulness is kind of the theme of the, of well, this past weekend anyway, came off of the the big American Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, How was, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was really nice. I ate a lot, a lot, a lot of really good food. Um, (laughs) I, I traveled to my parents um, and my mom is a fantastic cook and she pulls out all the stops. I'm pretty sure we had like four different pies to choose from. And then every single side dish, the turkey is like not front and center for most people maybe, but not in my family. And we like it that way. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that was nice. How about you? What'd that you was do? good. It was good. Uh, it was only my third Thanksgiving in my entire life, not traveling to Texas. Uh, I would traditionally go to Texas uh, to visit with my dad's side of the family, like every Thanksgiving since I can remember. And we are ethnic Armenians, like my family is ethnic, Ar- ethnic Armenian. So this is actually the third Thanksgiving ever in my life that like the pie problem presented itself. When you were talking about like four pies at yours, I was like, is I get it now. Everyone makes too many pies. And like, unlike other Thanksgiving leftovers, you're not like going over to your neighbors, like here's another pie. You're, you want this other pecan pie. So we have a preponderance of pies in our freezer right now. Thanksgiving was wonderful. It was easy, actually. Not traveling was amazing. And for this trip to fam hangover that everyone's probably going through right now, we wanted to center this episode on gratitude on what we're thankful for when it comes to climate. Since starting the solar spill, we can't really avoid talking about things that are going wrong, right? It's a lot of the narrative when it comes to climate change. And so I thought, why not center on gratitude, things we can be grateful for in the realm of climate? Does that sound good? Yeah, I think that's so important. Reminding yourself what's good out there is super healthy, just like in general. So try to practice gratitude 
just on your own. So anyway, um, talking about traveling uh, made me think about the Google app, the Google Maps app, because I tr- I had to travel for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I type in my parents' address and it gives us three options. And then one of the options has a little green leaf next to it. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah, have you seen that? It's I just cool. started seeing that, yeah. So Google has done this to show which route will be the most efficient and release the fewest amount of emissions, I guess. So I saw that and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I'm so grateful that the world is starting to catch on. And even these little, almost seemingly meaningless things in your everyday can add up to make a huge difference. Google has said that this little leaf if people choose that route, could save 100 million metric tons of carbon dioxide a year, which is equivalent to taking 200,000 cars off the road. And that's just by a little icon. So that's something to be grateful for, because there's a lot of really smart people out there thinking about this problem from every angle, which I think is like, amazing. Yeah, totally. One of the themes that Susanna and I talk about across a number of episodes is big corporations and big technologies role and responsibility to be a part of the positive change. And what I love the way you just sort of described this is like, it's definitely something to be be grateful for, because it's showing up as this normalized, easy to opt into option in one of the most used navigation applications in the world. Like This is on every single Android phone by default, which is like also the most used cell phone, like hardware in the world. And you really think about that amount of computing power, that kind of AI-driven location and destination tracking, it can potentially be this really accessible way to save on your carbon output. But I also think it has this secondary effect, which is just kind of normalizing that choice. And that feels like something to be grateful for too. Like Google has a platform, you know, we're all on their products or in their products like every single day, unless we are like consciously choosing not to use Google products. Really cool to see them normalizing the concept, of choosing a route with less emissions. I love that one. It's, it's definitely something to be grateful yeah. for. So, uh, yeah. So Google has this on their Google flight technology. It'll show you the carbon emissions per seat for every flight. Oh, wow. So, you know, that'll help you to think about, oh, maybe I shouldn't go to California just for fun because, wow, this isn't really that responsible when you think about it climate-wise. So anyway, I'm just grateful for little things that happen every day or that appear in everyday life because that's what will help us, like you said, normalize. Yeah, normalize, change behaviors. It also reminds me, and this is like a total side note, I, I don't think necessarily this program still exists. I think it was UPS or something. They had a pilot program in the thousands in the 2000s, like the the early aughts to mid aughts, where they basically like rerouted a bunch of their delivery routes, their driver's routes to exclude as many left turns as possible, because they found through a study that the more left turns there were in a route through a city, through a rural environment, through a suburb, whatever, they tended to have their trucks idle for many more minutes at stoplights or you know difficult turns or intersections. So simply by eliminating or cutting down on left turns, some driving routes actually got longer, but they were saving millions of gallons of gasoline per year. Again, kind of putting the onus and the focus on and the responsibility on big corporation and big technology, because it tends to be that they either have the platform to reach the most people, or they might be doing the most damage to begin with. So I love any experiment that the big players can take to normalize or mitigate their behaviors, basically. That's pretty cool. And actually, that that 
reminds me of one of the things that I was grateful for, which was just a couple of reports that came out really recently that talk about sentiment mapping, right? These like big, like Pew style studies and polls that they do. And a couple of groups, I'll link to one of the summaries in the description of this podcast, but basically the long and short, I won't even get stuck on it, but we are living in a time time where there's been a measurable movement in the public consciousness in America and, and across the world that climate change not only is real, but must be acted upon, even at the sacrifice of other programs or, or government functions. That the government needs to actually hold uh, corporations and individual polluters more responsible, that this is indeed one of the biggest, if not the biggest issues of our time. And just knowing that that bedrock sentiment has shifted over to this side, I think from the first time since like the mid 1970s or 80s, when like all the ozone layer conversations were happening, like this is that next big chance to actually build a mass human consciousness level prioritization of the fight against climate change. And that's something that I'm grateful for that I'll hold on to as a bit of a bright hope for this coming year. Yeah, there's a lot of good climate news out there to be grateful for. I think it was just this past week, I saw that Calgary and Canada, which is Canada's oil rich province, Mm -hmm. they voted 13 to two to declare a climate emergency. So that's an overwhelming majority for a oil capital of North America to vote for a climate emergency. So that just shows exactly what you're saying. Like the perception is changing. So I was really happy to see that. And beyond that, they're working with a lot of the First Nations on climate solutions. Yep. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, obviously, Thanksgiving itself as a, as a sort of property of American culture has a very checkered past. You know, that's our relationship with First Nations uh, that were here long before the first, you know, European sort of colonizers, settlers came in, have have long been a stain, let's say, on our on our country's history and this continent. Yeah, not just our country, but just this continent. And I wanted to just take a moment of gratitude for those First Nation land and water defenders. If you've been keeping up with the the news, you know, even a group that we had featured in last year's Climate Action Film Festival, the Wet'suwet'en land defenders have been coming under increasingly violent arrest. And honestly, some of the footage coming out just looked like attacks from the Royal Mounted, whatever the the cops are called in in Canada. And really, they're standing to the best of their ability. They're standing their ground as, you know, indigenous occupants of their sacred lands for generations, you know, without their continued pushback, without giving credit to the Sugarbush crew, it's a group of native uh, land defenders who are part of an ongoing struggle in Nevada, who are pushing back against mining uh, and against land occupation. If it really wasn't for these First Nation land defenders, you know, they are they are really a lot of the front lines pushing back against these sort of colonialist capitalist systems that are extractive in practice. So sending as much gratitude as a first generation American can to the first nation land defenders and water defenders. That's a big one. I feel, I feel really grateful for their ongoing work. I have just so much respect for indigenous American people. I think that obviously they've been through a lot of terrible things, but they're so resilient. They are at the forefront of the climate Mm -hmm. fight. And that's just amazing. And they have so much knowledge about our planet and how everything's all interconnected and related. And 
we need that moving forward. And so the U.S. Department of Energy announced this week that they're giving six and a half million dollars in funding to create electric vehicle charging infrastructure for tribes in the Midwest. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so that's going to be the Native Sun Community Power Development and Indigenous-owned nonprofit in Minnesota, and then the Standing Rock Renewable Energy Power Authority, which was created by the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. And so they're going to be able to purchase a bunch of vehicles and in, install 120 charging stations. That's awesome. I'm so grateful that we're helping everybody and not just white people. Yeah, and diversifying the types of infrastructure that we're building in those indigenous occupied spaces. Because I mean, for so long, there's been conversations even outside of environmental justice about the types of resources and the types of facilities that tend to flow into those spaces that can do things like drive up food prices, can create exacerbated levels of like substance abuse in these communities. But like, you think about charging stations and even, you know, a few episodes ago, talking about how that the, the distribution of uh, electric vehicle charging stations in America will have a direct effect upon the next generation of who is on the road and who has access to this new electrified you know, country that we're trying to build. So it's really wonderful to hear that specifically there's a charger program to connect those spaces with the rest of the like highway system with the rest of the the country around them that's that's really cool that's definitely cause for gratitude just a lot of there's a lot of stuff like i putting together a list of all the things i was grateful for and i had to kind of narrow it down so we just had an election right yep. in last november and so boston elected a new mayor michelle Wu. So one of Michelle's first ordinances mm -hmm. was an act divesting the city's finances from fossil fuels. Nice. So that is just amazing. And divesting from fossil fuels is just so exciting to me. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It just feels like huge. And it's a fight that's been going on for, you know, 10 plus years. And now all of a sudden in 2020 and 2021, like Harvard divested, MIT divested. And now that's there's this whole ripple effect. And I'm seeing, I have a note here that says we're at $40 trillion endowments and divestments that have been divested so wow 40 Yo. trillion dollars oh like yeah that's enough to to really push for change and raise some eyebrows oh yeah absolutely which, i love yeah. that i also love the idea that every single <laughs> every single trillion there's a there's a sentence i never thought i'd say every single <sighs> trillion of the divestment also takes some wind out of the sails of fossil fuel futures from an actual financial market state and what that's really it's cool to think that the businesses the cities the infrastructure that divests now especially while every american politician no matter if they're blue or red Whenever the price at the pump starts to rise close to an election, like the midterms coming up next year, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, what do you do? You start tapping our strategic oil reserves so you can temporarily and artificially lower the price of the pump because people notice the price of the pump and then blame whoever's in power. So it's crazy to think that like while all of the progressively minded and future minded leadership is divesting from this infrastructure, it's perfect timing as the sort of power structure that exists now burns that candle from the other end, you know? It's really just proving how finite that resource is. It's not renewable. And as we tap more of the reserves and more companies and cities and infrastructure divest from it, it just becomes less and less valuable. You know, it's it's really just, how do we stop them from burning it at all? <laughs> That's another yeah. question for another episode. It's not centered on I that. know, yeah. 
And this topic makes me think about how grateful I am for SunCommons 401k program because they've never had a 401k program that has invested in fossil fuels. It's always been divested from the start. We practice what we preach, which I'm grateful for. Absolutely. No, I'm super grateful too. It's been actually this wild year of being grateful for like the little like improvements and the little things that SunCommon has been committing to. People like you, Mar, continuing to sort of push the ball for the customer experience forward, you know, tracking new goals for yourself and how we treat the customers that we're so grateful for every single day. The work that the B team has been doing, working on panel recycling, working on all these concepts that are like not even the tip of the spear. They're like frontier. We want to get ahead of these problems before they're unsolvable. And that makes me really grateful to be a part of, of this team, this company. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. gives me all the warm and fuzzies, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not a bad, it's not a bad yeah. place to be. That's <laughs> actually, it's a fine transition to end on right there. So folks, if you're out there listening, you need help figuring out how to go solar, either residential, commercial, heck, you're even thinking about storage. We got you. You're in the Hudson Valley of New York. You're in the capital region of New York, or if you're in Vermont, please give us a shout. Look us up at suncommon.com and we'll be there to help you. Marlena, Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me and thanks for hosting this podcast. And I just want to say quickly, thanks to all of our listeners. And if you have anything that you're grateful for, let us know. Tag us on social at Suncommon on Instagram and I don't know the other ones, but <laughs> it's at Suncommon <laughs> wherever. That's a good shout out for sure. And Mar, we should yeah. definitely have you on the show again soon. It'll be awesome. Ooh, I'd love to. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day up in Vermont. Thanks. I'll catch you later. Catch you later.